2: Welcome to Sports Econ 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Russell Jackman. At each commercial break, we're going to ask a sports trivia question. Today's trivia theme is, hello, father, hello, son. We'll see. You guys will understand a little bit uh, more once we uh, get into it. And today, we actually have two special guests. Uh, Our first one, uh, Bobby Evans, should be joining us probably in the next segment. Uh, I think he's on the road. Uh, Bobby was the general manager for the San Francisco Giants for many years and has those uh, three uh, World Series uh, rings uh, underneath his tutelage. And then he's invited Kemp Golden uh, to discuss baseball in Egypt, of all places, which is going to be very interesting to discuss. Uh, Let's see. Well, if we have more time, we'll talk about uh, other sports like basketball, of course, because we've got the uh, uh, NBA playoffs uh, getting into the finals pretty soon. Um, Lamar Jackson signing a huge tra- contract. Uh, John Morant, a second gun incident, uh, could cost him at least half a season. What's going on with that young man? Um, let's see here. Uh, the Warriors intend to ask Clay Thompson to take a big pay cut. Uh, this is the last year of his $189 million contract. So we'll see what. Uh, uh, you know, some superstars are willing to do that because the money isn't the issue anymore, right? They, they just want uh, get, to get get another ring. And um, let's see, Russell, you have anything to add before we go to our first one? No, those
3: were all topics I was, oh, and also what about Dan Snyder finally selling the uh, uh,
2: Commanders? Yeah. The Commanders, yes, finally. Um, so that'll be a that, 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 that's always a good one, Joe. All right, uh, this segment of Sports Econ One Hundred and One is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, providing mortgage investments currently yielding over seven percent. In fact, uh, one of the funds that I happen to this is just a total coincidence. I happen to manage one of these funds. It pays a, a flat eight and a half percent, no lockup period. Uh, after thirty days' uh, notice, you can get your money back. Uh, it pays monthly. Uh, best part of it is super conservative. It's probably the most conservative fund I know. Uh, But you can check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Stay with us. Sports Econ 101. We'll be right back.
4: Stung is here to fill a void we all long for, the sound of the police, live. Us,
3: all the lovelies out there.
4: This San Francisco Bay Area band has quickly made a buzz, wowing audiences at the hottest area nightclubs and events around the Bay. Stung. Having even been blessed by a sit-in performance by police founder, drummer Stuart Copeland, this trio of gifted musicians have established themselves as the premier police experience. Stung. Stung remain dedicated to bringing back that authentic sound that audiences have missed for so long. The sound of the early, the original, the police. So come and see for yourself. Come and get Stung. May 6th in Antioch and June 16th in Walnut Creek. Go to StungLive.com for details.
0: Are you looking for a safer way to invest? The Freedom Fund at Pacific Private Money offers flexible investing opportunities. I'm Mark Honf, CEO of Pacific Private Money, and I invite you to hear what Tim has to say about our Freedom Fund.
4: Pacific Private Money provides my ideal balance of security and liquidity, giving me steady monthly income at a profitable RA, backed by solid real estate holdings. The Freedom Fund earns nearly seven times the return available from the best bank savings account and still allows me access to my money as needed. I personally prefer investing with a trustworthy
0: company backed by real estate than the volatile upsets of the stock market. You too can be earning consistent returns on your savings or retirement accounts. Give us a call to learn more. 415-926-4444, 415-926-4444, or visit us at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Do your current investments have you on pins and needles? Let's talk about an opportunity to earn 6 to 10% on investment through real estate-secured debt. I'm Mark Honf, CEO at Pacific Private Money. For over a decade, our clients have been earning at above-market yields secured by California real estate. Here's what our investor Carolyn had to say about investing with Pacific Private Money. I've been a highly satisfied investor with Pacific Private Money since 2014. I'm impressed with their competence, integrity, and transparency. Even through recent uncertain times, it was comforting to hold an investment that didn't keep me up at night while offering a reliable return. In seven years, I've never regretted investing with Pacific Private Money. You too can be earning consistent returns on your savings and retirement accounts. Give us a call to learn more, 415-926-4444, or visit us at pacificprivatemoney.com.
2: Back to Sports Econ 101. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my co-host, Russell Jackman. Uh, Bobby is still on the road, so we're going to introduce Kemp Golden to discuss baseball in Egypt. So, Kemp, you got to give us a, a, a background, because Bobby in, invited you. Uh, give us a little background about how you know Bobby, and then how you come to
5: do baseball in Egypt. Well, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I mean, this is really exciting. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I've known Bobby... For a number of years, I was an intern with the San Francisco Giants and worked directly under Bobby when he was the director of minor league administration. Mm. And as you know, I'm sure Bobby is just an amazing man and just uh, has been a mentor and friend since then. And and so that was years ago. And and then over the course of uh, the next few years, uh, as as my career took me outside of baseball, I I still maintain contact with Bobby. and, And and, and that's been an incredible friendship since. Very good. Okay, um,
2: so that's how your introduction to Bobby came, um, and then you uh, now tell us how 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 does baseball in Egypt put together? It's, and I think uh, Bobby's coming on now too. <clears throat> Go ahead.
5: Yeah. Um, so I a, after I graduated college, and 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 I my career took me over to the Middle East, sort of at the at the crossroads of business and diplomacy. And I found myself doing business in in, in many different spots around uh, the Middle East. And But when I was stateside, I I did a lot of work with with youth. I coached basketball. I um, spent time mentoring kids. And and so I had all these different disparate experiences that were interesting, but they sort of coalesced in this idea in 2015 uh, to bring baseball to the Middle East beginning in Egypt. And
2: is soccer still the major sport there?
5: Yeah, that's that that okay. is, and it really, you know, it's soccer and then everything else. I mean, and by every, a while. Yeah.
2: okay, and it looks like Bobby joined us.
6: I did. What's going did, on, guys?
2: Yeah. hey, you know, we 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 started, we did our two minute interlude uh, uh, introduction, and then All we right. just introduced uh, Kemp, and he told us how he uh, interned with you for a number of years and uh, kept in contact, and then how he went to the Middle East. So, uh, obviously, you know, baseball Kemp, was your it seems like your big love because that's, you know, you were working uh, with Bobby on that. So how, how did you introduce baseball? I mean, obviously they knew about baseball, but was there any interest at all?
5: Well, it's interesting. I I think the main way they knew about baseball was through movies. And so the early conversations I had with Egyptians, you know, they discussed that classic scene of a catcher and pitcher uh, communicating via hand signals and, Uh. and head shakes. And so that was sort of, many of them had, thought of baseball through that lens. And that was, that was sort of the, 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 the highly dramatic moment that they remember oh. from in baseball. Uh, but outside of that, no, I mean, they, they really hadn't played. It wasn't played except for in a few sort of pockets where American expats were in Egypt. Uh, and, and it had never really been introduced to the population writ large. And so that's where my passion was. And, and because my passion is in youth sports, it was to introduce it at a grassroots level so uh, the, well, what
2: about now what about um the little league baseball world series um you know they yeah. you know they take them from all over uh I, you know i've just you know never followed how you know it's always been like you know taiwan japan uh and mexico you know they get into the dominican republic they get toward the
5: finals um uh, the, the
2: egypt was fielding a little league
5: team weren't they uh, well, there there is in Maadi, which is one of the, the parts, uh, sort of south of Cairo proper, where a lot of Americans live. There is a li- Mahdi Little League, and so back in the '90s, when there were many many more Americans than there are today, it was mm. a robust program. But oh. as you know, and as the number of um, Americans has dwindled there, the number of uh, players in that league also went down. And so there is a there are some Americans that play there. Uh, but again, the challenge was it was never something that was shared with the um, Egyptians themselves. And so it was, you know, in a lot of those teams that come from across the globe, not all of them, but especially like you look at the Saudi teams that came from yeah. the 80s and 90s, it was oil, kids of oil um, executives that were playing on those teams. Yeah. So, yes, there were teams from other countries, but sometimes it was just Americans. Not always. I yeah. mean, like you said, Taiwan in Japan, you know, those kids are playing, uh, you know, those those are kids from that place playing. So that was the vision to, to bring baseball to the people of Egypt.
2: You know, it's interesting, it reminds me of the barnstorming days with Ruth and Gehrig, bringing it to, to Japan and, and, and around the world before, you know, World War II. Um, and, it, and it just, it caught, it caught fire. Yeah. Well,
5: the fascinating thing, there's a couple of interesting points about that, you know, Baseball was initially spread in Japan by teachers and missionaries in the 1800s who put bats and balls in their bags when they went over there. And that was really the legacy. It wasn't it wasn't those barnstorming tours. Those are the tours that solidified that. So, you know, and so likewise, sort of I can't tell you how many bats and balls I and and our volunteers have taken over in bags to Egypt in a similar way uh, when we go teach the game. But the barnstorming tours are an interesting thing you bring up because there were two tours that touched down in Egypt. One was in 1889. That was oh, a Spalding-led tour uh, that had many stops, including Egypt, where they played a really beautiful game on the Giza Plateau, and there are amazing pictures from that. And we've recreated that, having some games there with our kids right there by the PR. Oh, wow, that is cool. And secondarily, in 1914, there was a tour that involved the New York baseball giants, the oh. legacy of whom are now the Minerva, uh, San Francisco Baseball Giants and the Chicago White Sox. So you know you had this interesting history of barnstorming history in Egypt, and you know Bobby going over there as a giant was 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 taking the next step in that history, and he went with us back in 2018 for the first time.
2: Wow, uh, Bobby. So you haven't said anything yet. When um, we've got about two minutes before our first uh, commercial break uh, for a trivia question, uh, why don't you go ahead and and tell us how how you how you know Kemp? I mean, I know, I know he's he interned for you, but how did this all evolve?
6: Yeah, well, I mean, Kim first uh, started talking about, you know, he, he he spent a lot of time working in the Middle East and in, in, in the tech world. And and so when he mentioned uh, the Middle East to me and baseball, I was not totally surprised because I knew he had a passion for the game, but I really had no idea that he was trying something that in a sense, Major League Baseball had not tried, which is, is trying to get interest Uh, in the game of baseball from a youth level up um, a young young age level up and and a lot of what major league baseball does is they bring the major league players to all these different countries and, and bring games and events and nfl has done some stuff similarly yeah but this is trying to grow the game from the grassroots level the young youth level up and and quite frankly, it's it's impressed a lot of people around the game because that's not usually how the game has expanded. A lot of it has expanded from a financial standpoint first, you know, bringing the major league players, major league game. Uh, Yet yeah, this is you know really starting at a at a much younger level, and it's it's really probably better for the game overall.
2: You, you know, it was interesting. A few weeks ago, uh, FP Santangelo Jr., who was one of our co-hosts, uh, we were talking about the World Baseball Classic, and you know, at the, at the end when mm-hmm. Uh, Otani strikes out Mike Trout, and it's like it was just. I think it, it kind of pushed everything to the next level. I mean, it's amazing how how uh, much more viewers uh, there there were on that. Tell you what, guys, we're going to go to our first commercial break. Uh, we're going to we're we're going to hear from Russell also. I want you to ask some questions there, Russell. I know you're listening the whole time, thinking it's all in, but we want to <laughs> we want to hear from you. Okay, uh, our the uh, theme again is. Hello, father. Hello, son. All right. So here's the question. And again, I'm going to ask the question. If you guys know the answer, don't say anything yet. When we come back, we'll let you answer the question. All right. And these questions are not too hard. Uh, we'll start off with the easier one. Cecil Fielder had a big bat over 13 seasons in the major leagues while hitting 319 home runs. His son hit 50 home runs for the Brewers in only his third season. Who is his son? So what we want to know is Cecil Fielder's son. What is his name? <coughs> Excuse me. I'll uh, ask the question one more time. Cecil Fielder had a big bat over 13 seasons in the major leagues, I believe with the Detroit Tigers, uh, while hitting 319 home runs. His, uh, boy, can you imagine being a pitcher facing him? That's like, like facing McCovey. You know, it's like one of those you throw the ball and you want to just kind of hide. Yeah. <laughs> um, The uh, question is, who is Cecil Fielder's son? All right, stay with us. Sports Econ 101. I'll be right back. Don't touch that dial.
0: Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so,
2: To Sports Econ 101. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Russell Jackman, our co host here, and our special guests, Bobby Evans and Camp Bolden. Our first trivia question Cecil Fielder had a big bat over 13 seasons in the major leagues while hitting 319 home runs. His son hit 50 home runs for the Brewers in only his third season. Who is his son? Anyone? Prince. Prince. There you go. Prince Fielder. Okay. All right. so now, Russell, do you want to ask the boys any questions? Um, well, I've been to Egypt myself. Uh, there was the Sinai.
3: Um, uh, the, uh, what was it? That? Yeah, it was turned over to Egypt. Um, and, you know, uh, one of the things that uh, there was all that uh, political unrest, in mm-hmm. Egypt, you know, relatively recently, and uh, I was wondering how you feel the political environment has changed there, if at all, and how that affects your players and and, and uh, being there in Egypt.
5: I mean, at the end of the day, we are about the kids, right? I mean, I, I don't, I don't really speak about politics. Um, you know, it's so. So the heart of our mission uh, is. Russell is to using baseball to bring people together. Okay. Um, we bring people together at the family, the community, and cultural levels. So the family level uh, being pretty self-explanatory. The cultural level um, being, uh, you know, all around uh, society. So we have girls playing with boys. We have um, uh, rich, poor, middle-class, orphans all playing together. We have special needs kids playing there. Oh, uh, So that, that that's the heart of it. It's, it's baseball as a tool to build friendships. And at the cultural level, it's about the East and West, right? It's about American and Egyptians coaching together. Uh, and so I will say this, the Egyptian government has been extremely supportive of what we do. Um, and I can't, I can't speak any more highly of their partnership in this. Um, at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm about the kids, I'm about the sport, Bobby's about the kids, Bobby's about the sport. Uh, and that's what we focus on. We, have been just, I think, over the moon, it's been exciting just to watch them take up the game um, and, and to see these friendships being built across divisions that human beings have done a marvelous job of creating over time. What age groups are you working with? Uh, we start with we, as young as five uh, is what we've been doing, and we've, we've worked really up to 14. and we've you know as we've gone on, we, we, we actually partner with schools, orphanages and others. As we've worked with um, kids uh, in schools, what we've seen is some of the older kids have come up and said, hey, we want to learn too, even though we're not focusing you know, on, on the high schoolers. And so on their breaks, their lunch breaks, they'll come and work with our coaches uh, and work with our, you know, it, so that's been really, I think, conf- it's confirmed my suspicion that this is a sport across all age groups uh, that is going to interest the Egyptians. And, and they throw the ball a couple of times, hear that sound of uh leather hitting rawhide or whatever and it, it, it's uh it gets them pretty excited and they keep coming back for more
6: I think okay. it's been fun too uh Edward just to see you know the number of young young girls that are participating too I mean you know they you know when they're in their their PE classes uh, at school they have the option to come over to the baseball side where we're you know playing catch with the kids or, or working on their hitting or they can go over to the soccer fields and you, it's just amazing to see the onslaught of kids and, and young girls that'll come over and join us on the baseball side and and some of the boys will get a little frustrated uh sometimes and you know they realize you know it's baseball is a little tougher than you know than just kicking the ball around and they've oh, got yeah. to be able to coordinate be coordinated and catch it and then they've got to have the right uh throw approach and and so i think it's been impressive there's some good young athletes i mean we were when i was there with kemp the first time uh they interviewed us on the the nile fm radio station which is oh, the uh, the only uh, english speaking radio station in in egypt and they asked yeah. us to sort of evaluate their kids in terms of their athleticism and yeah. and it's pretty impressive i mean these are i mean i work with a lot of little leaguers over the last decade from my son's age mm-hmm. my daughter's age and now my younger son's age and and the kids are very comparable in terms of their athleticism i mean they they pick up you know, having never thrown a baseball, they can pick up things pretty quickly. Well,
2: uh, have you seen any uh, raw talent? Do you want
6: to? Uh, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yes. I, I saw this one left-hander. I I called him the young uh, Araldis Chapman, uh, just because he, even at, at having not thrown the ball very much, he he could really bring it left-handed. And so I'm, we're watching that kid. I I I've got high hopes for him.
2: Well, it's really kind of neat with especially you know, for a pitcher to be able to show them like different, you know, how to throw a knuckleball, you know, or uh, off speed and all that. That's pretty fantastic. Did do they have girls softball in Egypt?
5: Well, and that, I think that's eventually, you know, that's that that'll be a long term um plan, right, to implement that. But as of right now, we have the boys and girls both playing baseball together. And and are they pretty
2: good? Yeah, I was gonna say with uh, you know, I don't, I'm not you know that familiar with the culture uh, except for yeah. what you know one would would think a stereotype would be. Um, sure. Did they get? Is it is it the boys and the girls? It's okay. The boys are not trying to overpower the girls or whatever. It's just all even. Or
5: look, kids are kids, and so you put them out there. And and, and, and if you watch uh, boys and girls playing together in the U.S., you know there's some fun dynamics that happen, and it's the same kind of thing regardless of where they are. Kids are kids, and they're having fun I mean,
6: we'll and holding their own. I mean, we're seeing, obviously, you know, and here in San Francisco, I've seen at least two uh, young ladies playing um, high school baseball this year. Um, You know, one, I think at Lowell and and another one, uh, maybe it was Mission High School. I'm not sure, but one of them was a pitcher. Um, I mean, pretty impressive. And then my daughter, you know, is a softball player now in high school, but she started as a little leaguer. And and I think these kids will, you know, they'll, they'll grow faster whether they adjust to softball eventually or not uh, just being able to play together. I think is yeah. has been really good.
2: Well, you guys might remember there was a 17 year old girl who struck out Babe Ruth and uh, Lou Gehrig many years, yeah, obviously That's many, right. many years
6: ago, but uh,
2: right. I'm not sure what did she do, you know, screw balls or what, or I mean, uh, uh, knucklers or what, but, uh, yeah, she was, she was impressive. Um, I mean, obviously as the, as the kids get older, you know, the, you know, when they're, when they're five years old, they're going to be probably pretty comparable. You know, when they're 18 years old, it's going to definitely be different, but you're mostly working with the younger, uh, the younger kids. Yeah, is the, is the idea to really, well, not the idea, but uh, are you guys focusing on like the Little League World Series to try to field a really
5: smoking hot team? I mean, I think that's, it's always a long-term goal. I mean, we, so we are, I think to make it clear, we are an RBI affiliate at major league baseball, which is sort of a separate program, very similar, you know, RBI was created to reach into places that baseball was not touching uh, here in the U S at the time. And so as they've expanded outwards, um, you know, they partnered with some international groups like our own. And so we're the first RBI affiliate in the middle East, the first RBI league in all of the middle East and Africa. And so that's been really a, a cool role to play for us. And so I see, a, I, in, in you know, some of some of the challenge for us was, like everyone else, the pandemic sort of slowed us down for a few years, right? And so part yeah. of the vision is to have a team in the RBI World Series. Part of the vision is to bring Egyptian kids over. We brought Egyptian coaches over to learn here in the U.S. and embedded them in, in U.S. schools. And, you know, I mean – even longer term than that, you're thinking about an Olympic team. You're thinking about yeah. a team in the, the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, I think that, that that's not too far away. Olympics obviously can be a little bit iffy whether a country keeps baseball or not from year to year, and that that's always sure. interesting. Well, um, the,
2: the thing I love about this is is that it it does span across the cultures. So it's like almost like no matter what's going on, uh, you know, politically speaking or you know unrest, there's something about sports. You know that, that just kind of brings everybody to, to, together, and uh, that part was really cool. I like that.
5: And, and Bobby's talked about uh, you know he about uh, baseball as another language, right? As a as a, as a yeah. language bringing people together, bridging those gaps. Um, because you know you get on the field and, and and it's just it's just kids playing a game together. You know, so, whether so, they're so let me ask you about
2: that. You. So with the the coaches, um, you know, you kind of bring it bring it there, but. Uh, do you have many Egyptian coaches who know the
5: game well enough to teach the kids or do you, do you have to teach them and they teach the kids? Well, that's what we've been doing, right? That's okay, part, of, yeah. part of the vision is to build capacity. And so we, get, we, we partner with schools, we bring donated equipment and we have an incredible uh, stable of equipment partners who have just stepped up uh, in big ways. Uh, everyone from Franklin uh, to MLB has been big, new, new, new era, new balance Shut uh, sports, um, and, and you know it's just been remarkable to watch them them come over. So we, we equip these schools with equipment, and we train their while we're training the kids, we're we're concurrently training their PE teachers, right? So to give them the ability to become coaches themselves. And so the the teacher who I mentioned, one of them that we brought over to the U.S., uh, he has he has now implemented baseball in his school's PE curriculum. He's taught alone over fifteen hundred kids over the past few years. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know that that's the kind of model we're thinking about. To your point, is we're wanting to raise up a generation of baseball coaches, and then obviously baseball players.
2: And how many how many kids want to be catchers to put on the what do they call it the tools of ignorance? Right? Is, that what it
5: is? <laughs> well, Bobby was a catcher growing up. I'll let him kind of address the yeah. tools. <laughs> of
6: ignorance. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, one of the one of the things that was fun, you know, the second time I went, uh, which actually was, um, you know, just last year. Um, had a father that approached me and said hey do you you remember my son he introduced me to his son i said of course he's a couple only a couple years ago and he said well you know what's happened to him in the last two years and i said no what's happened?" he's like he's become a baseball junkie i mean he now he's downloaded the mlb app he's checking scores he's watching highlights he's he plays he plays it on his ps4 uh Mm -hmm. you know so he gets to know he's getting to know the players and you know, I'm like, Hey, you know, that's, that's part of what, you know, what baseball does, what sports does is it inspires. I mean, that's yeah. what we're, what we're doing in, in Egypt is we're inspiring the young, the young athletes to, to compete, uh, to dream big, uh, to look beyond, you know, their current circumstances to potential of uh, what yeah. the future could bring. And, and yeah, I mean, you know, the, the buster posies, the catchers, all those guys are inspiring.
2: Right. Hey, guys, we're going to cut to another break because I want to find out if you're going to bring it to other uh, countries, too. That'd be kind of interesting. OK, our second trivia question, fathers and sons. Uh, and these are all these are all baseball questions here. OK, so pitching great Joe Necro played for 22 years and retired in 1988. Although his son was not a pitcher, he did play for four seasons in the major leagues. What was Joe Necro's son's name? All right. Stay with us. SportyCon 101. We'll be right back.
4: Mountain Mike's Pizza in San Rafael is open for both takeout and delivery. So if you want pizza the way it ought to be, call us at 415-454-4300 or go to mountainmike.sanrafael.com and order online. You can either pick up your fabulous pizza or we can deliver it to you. Our dough and shredded cheese are made fresh daily. So call 415-454-4300 or go to mountainmike.sanrafael.com and order your pizza.
7: Tahoe Lakeshore Lodge and Spa provides guests with an all lakefront hotel in South Lake Tahoe where every lodge room and condominium has a view of the lake and mountains. Hotel rooms offer lodge pine furnishings, gas fireplace, and a full lake view. Condominiums offer private bedroom, full kitchen, and living area with a fireplace. Guests can relax or play on over 500 feet of private beach and enjoy a dip in the outdoor heated pool and hot tub that are also lakeside. Element Day Spa, located inside the hotel, offers individual and couples packages with treatments inspired by Tahoe's nature. The Tahoe Lakeshore Lodge and Spa, located close to all South Lake Tahoe summer and winter activities, perfect for individual and group getaways to the lake and mountains. No added resort fees here. Call
4: 800-448-4577 or go to TahoeLakeshoreLodge.com. We all know in this current real estate market, great deals are hard to find. We may have a solution for you. If you want exclusive off-market real estate deals delivered to your inbox every single month, then you need to sign up for Scottsdale REI's Trade Desk by visiting ScottsdaleREI.com slash Trade Desk. Scottsdale REI delivers exclusive access to off-market mortgage notes like performing loans, non-performing loans, and even REOs every single month. Just head over to ScottsdaleREI.com slash Trade Desk and sign up. Palio Restaurant's been the premier Italian restaurant
7: serving downtown San Francisco since 1990. Palio features fine Italian fare and a Wine Spectator award-winning wine list, so there's no surprise it's been voted Best Italian Restaurant in the SF Weekly this year. Palio has consistently been voted one of the best restaurants in San Francisco by San Francisco locals. Palio's been in business for over 30 years and recently went through a complete remodel Our guests can expect to receive the same excellence in food and service that has sustained us for over 30 years in a brand new and more modern space. Our 250 plus seat restaurant includes seating in four distinct spaces, making social distancing while dining easy in our establishment. All precautions are taken by staff to ensure a safe dining experience. Open Monday through Saturdays. Reservations are recommended. Visit paliosf.com to view our menus and make a reservation today.
2: Welcome back to Sports Ecom 101. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my my, uh, co-host, Russell Jackman, and our special guests, Bobby Evans and Kemp Golden. Uh, Second trivia question. Pitching great Joe Necro played for 22 seasons and retired in 1988. Although his son was not a pitcher, he did play four seasons in the major leagues. What was Joe's
6: son's name? Phil, no, no, that was his brother.
3: brother. Oh, his brother, Sorry. Lance, Lance. Lance was his son,
6: and Lance, yes. uh, Lance did try to make a comeback at the end of his career uh, as a pitcher, um, oh. and, it, and it was in spring training for a club. Uh, but for he played with the Giants in the minor league system for us, and I think he's done some college coaching more recently. So,
2: well, this, okay, so th- these questions are unfair because Bobby is like uh, in the you know in the know all right. on all this stuff. All right. That's okay. Yeah, the other, uh, Kemp was kind of shaking his head a little bit too. So, uh, in fact, I, mean, well, I was going to say that uh, Joe, ne- you yeah, know, the Necros were great at the knuckleball. So that's if you're at the end of your career, that's what you come back as a knuckleball pitcher.
5: <laughs> I was working with Bobby when we when when we were working on Lance's contract. So I uh-huh. remember that very vividly. Yeah.
2: Ah. Okay. Great. Um. So, Kemp, uh, uh, are there any uh, uh, other countries that you're planning on moving baseball into?
5: That's a great question. And yeah, it's Egypt's just the start. Um, okay. you know, it, it's, it's the idea is to bring it all over the region. Um, we're talking to uh, a number of countries, uh, about next steps. Uh, and so the idea is to, 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 yeah, I mean, it's, it's a game that we love and we want to share it with all our friends in the region. Very cool. Very cool.
2: Um, take what guys hang, hang out. Um, because we want to get on to a few other sports here. and I want your guys' uh, um, comments on this. So, okay, we, we got John Moran, right, playing for the Grizzlies. Now, he got suspended for, was it eight games or something, when he had his first gun incident. And now, apparently, there's been a second gun incident, and it could cost him at least half of the next season. Um you know, and the reason I'm kind of bringing this up because you know you guys are dealing with young kids, uh, you know, doing in Egypt, and then just just the idea of mentoring kids. You know, you look at a kid like this, and I mean, he's got a lot of talent. And and Bobby, I know you've seen this in baseball. It's like you, you how do you how do you get to these kid? Well, you're dealing with the mostly the adults, um, at least you know from a physical standpoint, they're adults. How do you how do you get them to to overcome these certain uh, uh, misgivings, I guess, is a good way of...
6: Well, your, your coaches are mentors. Your, you try to create an environment where uh, the players feel safe, the players feel, um, you know, uh, engaged with uh, the organization, you know, that's bigger, you know, big, and the game itself is bigger than all of us. And you try to create an environment where there's a learning opportunity. Um, every, every situation, good and bad, is a learning opportunity. And obviously, there's a lot more scrutiny today. Uh, on what's yeah. going on because of social media and and so it creates another challenge uh, you can't do anything behind closed doors you know there's so much that happens that's out in the public and you know i think that you know major league baseball itself does a lot to try to help uh, educate and i know the nba as well they have a rookie career development programs that try to help players prepare themselves for the spotlight and what's to come yeah. uh, with success and and also to maintain a responsibility to uh, to their name, to the name of the team they play for, as well as the, the name of the, uh, the league. Yeah. And, and these things, these kind of things that happen, um, again, you know, are, are very concerning. And so, you, you're, you know, there's really mentorship that really helps bring guys from, you know, places of, of difficulty or challenge or, or in some t- cases impropriety to uh, hopefully to a, a correct and better path.
2: Well, can you imagine being you know 18, 19, 20, 22 years old and, and suddenly you know you're, you've gone from and I don't know what his personal uh, uh, economic background is, but I'm sure it wasn't you know in the millions, right? And, and these guys now suddenly are, are multi-millionaires and it just, it's in a, it just puts them in another world and then you know you get all these other, you know you get all the hanger honors, you know the entourage and then the uh, you know the fame and, and, you know, sometimes somebody's got to really talk to these kids. You know, yeah. Can't, it's,
6: just a, it's, a, it's a lot about who they surround themselves with and, yeah. you know, and that's where, you know, families and agents and, and friends, you know, can help influence you know, a positive direction for folks and, and for these players. And, you know, you're right. There's a lot of notoriety. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of expectations. There's a lot of pressure. Um, and so, you know, it takes a, it takes a village it takes everybody working together to make sure uh, guys are successful and you know ultimately their discipline of you know uh, what they learned growing up and how to apply yeah. it in, in today's world.
2: Russell, you want to make some comments on this? Uh,
3: well you know he's been offered a second chance and it didn't take uh-huh. him more than two months to get back in trouble again. Uh, I'd be unsurprised if he got suspended for an entire season. Given uh, the severity of it and how little remorse he showed, uh, you know he, he should also uh, be stuck on a uh, uh, in a, a closet with um, Plaxico Burress for yeah. <laughs> for about a week, and Plaxico could explain to him, you know, mm-hmm. how fun it is to play with guns and shoot yourself in the in the leg and ruin your career because of it. I just i'm not a gun owner myself and i just don't understand this fascination with guns right now it's it's the source of a lot of sadness and harm in america
1: hmm.
3: sorry to bring the show down
2: yeah no i mean it's uh yeah, yeah it wasn't as much the i mean yeah partly it's obviously it's the gun part but just the idea of just you know, making poor decisions or, or what was the uh, the one guy who was driving 156 miles an hour Uh, in 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 some fancy car in Vegas, I think it was, and and Wells
3: for for the Raiders.
2: Yes, that's right, and and, yeah, and and didn't he kill somebody? Yeah, Um, yeah. So now now I mean I mean it's one thing to be suspended for you know a season, it's another thing to be brought up on second degree murder charges, and you know you just want to shake these people and say you know you got to get your head on straight. Um. Uh. Huge contract. Just want to shift the gears to football a little bit. Lamar Jackson, holy smokes, how much is he going to make this year these, over these next few years?
6: Well, that kind of athlete, you know, you, I don't know, but I mean, I, I, I can't imagine uh, anybody that passed on him. I mean, it's it's a premium athlete. I know he's got to stay yeah. healthy, but yeah. good for them. Good for him.
2: Well, Bobby used to, uh, you know, when you were uh, general manager of the Giants, he used to have to, to negotiate those contracts. Uh, yeah, you probably all. Were you? Were you? Did you ever deal with the players without? Um, uh, you know who who chose to negotiate their own contract, or were you always dealing with agents?
6: You know, there's always both. I mean, I mean, yeah. play. We have relationships with the players. Players are around us every day, and yeah. vice versa. So we're, you know, there's conversations that happen, but out of respect for the player and and his representation, we, you know, we try to work, you know, you know, primarily with them, but but there's always the context of relationship that, that plays a factor in it too. Uh, and so, you know, I think the, um, the, the challenge with big contracts like this is always the risk reward. I mean, everybody's subject to the risk of, of yeah. injury uh, The risks in baseball are different than the risks in the NFL. Um, there's also risks in baseball with guaranteed contracts where the NFL has some segment of the contract that's guaranteed and such some segment of it that's not. And so, um, but these these contracts, there's always a measure of, of what kind of risk are you willing to take the age, the athlete, the, the performance, the history, um, the existing pre-existing injuries that uh, may creep up on you. So they're very big. It's a very big deal. And obviously, uh, you know, we've dealt with a lot, a lot over the years and it can make or break your season.
2: They should all do what Brian Bosworth did, which was to buy a disability policy.
6: Yeah. No, he, and a yeah, a lot of I mean, them do. Yeah, a lot of them, you know, pr- you know, going into their last year before they enter free agency, a lot of them, you know, buy some type of insurance to protect them in the event, you know, that they don't, you know, perform or have an injury or something that holds them back, you know. So, it's not uncommon.
2: I got I got to th- I I don't know what the premiums are, but I got to figure it, that's got to be really expensive. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know what's Which is interesting because I used to sell disability insurance to you know mostly just you know, professionals, not not athletes. <laughs> and the interesting thing is, uh, an airline pilot, you can get him disability insurance all day long. You just can't get him life insurance because they figure if the plane goes down, he going down with it.
6: <laughs> Makes sense.
2: Yeah. So now Kemp, are you uh, this um, this isn't your full time job doing Egypt uh, baseball in Egypt?
5: It it? actually is.
2: It is. is. Wow. Okay. That's 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 impressive. I mean, it it sounded like it was just. Well, I guess it started off slow, and then it really built. uh, It picked up quite a bit. How many players do you have?
5: Um, So, you know, in 2017 was our first event. We had about 40 kids and their parents who came to our first event, which, as you noted, is starting out small. Um, This past school year, we taught 7,000 kids baseball. Wow.
2: Well, yeah, guys, so I can imagine building up a pretty good all-star team with that.
5: There, well, and you know, I think I think the thing to note about Egypt is it's a very big country. It's about yeah. 110 million people, 75 yeah. percent of whom are under the age of 25. So you've got a huge market wow. from a sports economics mm-hmm. perspective, a huge market for fans, a huge market for talent, and a huge market for baseball equipment. So from a purely economics perspective. Yeah. It's a pretty special place, I think. Moving forward for the game, there's probably some countries that you know they they looked at it and they tried to,
2: and it just didn't didn't catch fire. But it sounds like Egypt. I mean, if you got that many people uh, playing, that
5: it, it's really caught on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's still the early stages, Edward. I mean, I, I think the remarkable thing is how much we've been able to do in a short amount of time. But the growth potential is 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 huge. I mean. And a lot of it, and Bobby and I have talked about this, it's a lot for us, it's about raising funds. I mean, we're a nonprofit here in the United yeah. States, um, and we depend upon good people uh, and uh, goodwill to, to function. And, and we've had remarkable partners. Um, a number of MLB teams have come on board, including the Giants. Yeah. Most recently, the Athletics came on as, as, a, as a major supporter, which has been really fun to see the Bay Area step up. Um, yeah. And we don't take any government money here in the U.S., yeah. and so... It's all about the private sector and stepping up uh, bring the, a game we love to our friends. Does the
2: Egyptian government help
5: out? We do not take money from the Egyptian government.
2: OK, so, so you purposely do it. OK. And, and how do people g- get a hold of you if they're interested in uh, assisting your organization?
5: It's a great <coughs> question. So there, there are a few, I think, few ways that I would recommend. Visiting our Instagram page, it's at Because Baseball. Uh, it's just Because Baseball is the handle name. Same for Twitter. Uh, Same for Facebook. And so you can see the pictures of these kids smiling, having a a beautiful time out there. See pictures of Bobby by the Sphinx and Pyramids, having a great time. See Bobby throwing with his son, Jonathan, who came with him a year ago. uh, Got to coach alongside his dad. Bobby got to play and coach alongside Jonathan. Just beautiful, beautiful pictures and beautiful family building exercises amongst it. And then our website is www.becausebaseball.org. And so those are ways to check out what we're doing. And we'd love people to get involved from a number of ways. We have opportunities to go to Egypt to coach like Bobby did. Oh, wow. We have opportunities to, to donate equipment and we have opportunities to sponsor kids from a financial standpoint to play the game that we love here.
2: All right. And just really quickly before we go to our last break, what do you guys do about the heat? Because it's pretty hot in Egypt.
5: It's very pleasant
2: during you?
7: the fall and spring.
2: Okay, there you go. That that's the answer. All right. Yes. Okay. How are you after time? All right. Here's here here's our last trivia question. Fathers and sons. Hall of Fame Yankee great Yogi Berra had a son who played for eleven seasons, mostly with the Pirates. Who is Yogi's son? That's our trivia question. All right. uh Hall of Fame uh, great Yogi Berra had a son who played for eleven seasons, mostly with the Pirates. Who is Yogi's son? Email edward at sportsecom101.com. The answer to that question. Stay with us. We'll be right back with some closing comments. Don't touch that dial.
8: If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. today and see how Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now.
1: 800-437-8217. 800-437-8217. 800-437-8217. That's 800-437-8217. How would you like to publish and sell your own audiobook? Great stories deserve great storytelling. Audiobook Network provides professional voice actors and full production services for every author's manuscript. You'll choose from one of our many voice actors. Bring your story to life with audiobooks. Consumers are mobile these days, and having an audiobook helps authors reach a larger customer base, which increases book sales. From narration, production, and editing, to distribution, promotion, and sales, Audiobook Network does it all for you.
2: Welcome back to Sports Ecom 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Russell Jackman, our special guests, Bobby Evans and Kemp Golden, uh, talking about Egyptian ba- baseball in Egypt. Fascinating. Okay, third trivia question. Hall of Fame great Yogi Berra had a son who played for 11 seasons, mostly with the Pirates. Who is Yogi's son? Anybody? It's easy one, Bo, <laughs> Bo, <Boo-boo>. yeah, <laughs> Mr. Ranger. No, uh, Dale. Dale, Dale Barra. Yeah, and I I was going to say that. So he, he would have played probably in the 60s, maybe.
6: No, 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 no. Dale, Dale was in the, in the, in the early 80s.
2: Really? I mean, I know because Yogi just died a few years ago, but he was kind of old. Well, like, I guess, you know, if you think about it, no, he because he played in the 40s. Not in the, not in the thirties. Okay. No, I can't. And the fifties. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense actually. Cause yeah, he would have been kind of close to, to my age then. Okay. Um, all right. So gentlemen, uh, it was an absolute pleasure having you and stick around. We're going to get to our thoughts for today here. Ready? So I used to think I was indecisive, but uh, I'm not too sure now. And uh, whatever you give, uh, do whatever you give, or excuse me, let me try this again. Whatever you do, Give a hundred percent, unless you're donating blood, then that's a mistake. All yeah, right,
3: I tell you guys to get far away. You were saying stay, stay you know, stay tuned for the uh, thoughts of the day, and I was going to warn you guys <laughs> <so> far <laughs> we, away.
2: We, we come up with the best yeah. dad jokes here, the best puns. Um, uh, <laughs> right, we, best in quotes. Yeah, when uh, when Vern was one of our uh, co-hosts, always the, the idea was if I could make him smile, then that was like that was perfect. I mean, he smiles all the time, but if I can get him to laugh and say that was a good one, I tell you, FP was the hard one to crack. Russell, he he, he always goes. Um, I know every, about a thirty-year punch lines. Yeah, that's right. Well, you, you're you're always on with us. Uh, only by uh, phone, not by video, so I can't see your expressions. My uh, you. yeah. Anyway, Kemp Golden and Bobby Evans, thanks again for uh, joining us. Tune in next week to Sports Ecom 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and asking more sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host, Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. Adios. So long.
6: Thanks, Russell. Hey.